Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 146 of your favourite Formula 1 show. Yes, Jamie and I return once again to discuss what has got to be the most anticipated race of 2023. We're ready, Jamie. Viva Las Vegas. How are we feeling as we head towards the weekend and how are we doing generally, my friend? I'm good. Yes, I'm uh, enjoying life at the minute that's nice good at, good at intro uh that, that i'm actually really excited for the races weekend it's gonna be an absolute mess and i'm i'm just here for it to be honest i'm it's probably the most excited i've been for a race all season i think but maybe apart from the first one but you always get excited for that one because it's been three months so yeah i'm i'm hoping I'm, i just want it to be chaotic i don't really care what happens I just want something interesting to happen. Yeah, and I, I, it kind of worries me, isn't it? The the thing we're getting really excited for for the GP is just the fact that it might be complete and utter chaos. Um, of course, we'll, we'll delve into all the reasons why as we go through the podcast today. But it's not even that we expect it to be a good race, do we, Jamie? We just expect it because it's a new track and because there's a lot of things that apparently the FIA and... Formula One management weren't aware of going into it, which is a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, there's been some unknowns tossed up, hasn't there? And the big one has got to be that they didn't know that deserts get cold at night in the Northern Hemisphere. In the winter. Well, any time of the year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they've got there. I think basically what happened is Formula One managed... No, Formula One, as in the brand, were like, we're going to Vegas don't care how difficult it is we're going make it happen stick it wherever you want in the calendar and then fom who are like oh sorry the fia who are the ones who actually run you know the competitive nature of the sport are like hang on this is a terrible idea <laughs> but it's too late because we've already announced it and we're going so it means that we're going to be racing on a track with what six degree temperatures in the air they reckon it might um, be about Celsius. 10 next weekend it's meant to be a warm night okay great so i don't know if you remember last time i went to nurburgring in 2020 that was in like october in germany and that was really cold and it made for quite a good race just because the tires wore really strangely and it just like people had to do two warm laps and stuff like that so the overcut was quite powerful because your tyres are warmed up already to battle the people out the pits and stuff like that. So it just it's just going to be different at the very least. And I think F1 this year has been very samey because we've had the same winner, what, 19 times out of 22 races or whatever. Yeah, 17 of 20 GPs, isn't it? That's yeah. something stupid so far. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, you, you obviously mentioned there about how it was meant to be anywhere in the calendar. I feel like putting it in November was a conscious decision. It was like, well, you know, maybe in the future if Abu Dhabi decides it doesn't want to be the finale anymore or we can wrangle <laughs> it out of its contract, we've got a Las Vegas finale. It's going to be incredible. The title's going to come down to the wire. Oh, Max Verstappen wrapped it up a month ago. No, And now, of course, I don't know if you've seen this as well, but ticket prices have gone through the floor no one is paying to go to this race. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the risk, isn't it, when you put a race right at the end of the season? Because, yeah, it just could be over a while ago. And you can almost guarantee the same will happen with Abu Dhabi compared to 2021. The last two years of Abu Dhabi, including this one, will probably have fallen massively. 
just because like who cares <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a shame obviously for the sport that the title was settled so long ago but it wouldn't surprise me if Vegas ends up as a finale to be honest down the line but we shall see oh, well I was going to argue something very very different for Vegas but I'm sure yeah we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more in a minute but yeah obviously just circling back around to that you know the temperatures apparently there were personnel and the article I read was quoted at alarmingly high up in the sport just believed it would be similar temperatures to Qatar which for those of you that don't know is on the equator (laughs) Las Vegas isn't on the equator nowhere near um no yeah we it just is utterly bizarre isn't it how no one thought hang on a minute this might be a problem because let's be fair it's vegas you want it to be at night you know it's all about the neon lights and all this that and the other and what happens in vegas stays in vegas and all this but even if it just i guess they can't even really do an evening race because of course, then most of their market, which is Europe, still is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So night this this time slot is about as early as you can go, isn't it, for six a.m. Because if they wanted it to be at dusk, they could shift it back three or four hours, maybe. But at that point, it's at two a.m. start. So and then it screws. Well, yeah. the problem is as well, of course, with it being a night race in Vegas, is it screws over anyone on the west coast of America as well. So it, it's yeah. it's kind of like they've tripped over everyone here. It just... I guess the Australians might be happy. Well, the Australians, yeah, because it's like <laughs> five, six in the afternoon, I believe. It's quite a nice yeah, evening race on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but, of course, if it's going to be an absolute disaster anyway... I mean, we just don't know, do we? And that's kind of exciting. But you can't also help but wonder if by the end of Friday we all know what's going to happen and it's just going to be really boring. Yeah, potentially. Luckily, we've not got a sprint race to give us a spoiler of the first third of the mm. race this week. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite excited just because I think it'll be a mess and really, really chaotic. And that's kind of, that's all we've got to live for at this point of the season, really. So, I, I remember about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, I said this would be a race that Max Verstappen doesn't win. We'll have to see if I stick by that or not. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you said it would be a race that Verstappen won't win, fairly confidently. I went out on a limb and said there will be a safety car inside the final 15 laps. Uh, Sorry, a red red flag flag. or a safety car inside the final 15 laps. And I am standing by that as well. I believe they will script. I believe Formula One will script this if they feel they have to. If there'll be a marshal, like there'll be a marshal there ready to throw like a cone on the track or something. Yeah. Something bizarre, or or you know, yeah. it could end up being, um, you say we get rules surrounding how far drivers can go on tyres again, just like we did in uh, yeah, Qatar a few weeks ago. But I think you know, had this race been on the calendar in 2021, it would have been mind blowing, hasn't it? But we've said yeah. this so many times with Formula One in the two years since then, it was the perfect storm. Of hype and interest and drive to survive and all this, that and the other. Because let's be fair, this year Formula 1 has fallen off a cliff. Because so many new fans have now learnt what most seasons of Formula 1 are like. Yeah. I don't know how the FA managed it. Because they basically, they you know, they introduced Drive to Survive in 2018. Those seasons aren't particularly interesting, but the races are quite fun. Like, more so than, I don't know, 14 to 16. So 18, 19, 20. Well, they were interesting races, but the narrative of the season... 17 should have so been the big one. 
as well. Yeah. But Drive to Survive was like building and building and building, getting in popularity, popularity. Then a global pandemic happens, so no one's got anything to do apart from watch F1 or watch other sports. But F1 And was, then you get the best season yeah, of all time. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, the amount, it's just overinflated how many people watch the sport, and it's come to bite them in the back quite a lot this year because so many people around the world just now think F1's a boring sport. Which we've known since 2004. So. It's, it's a bit like if Arav suddenly decided to stop rewinding on his F1 races. It would suddenly <laughs> become really dull. <laughs> yeah, but 2021 obviously was massively, massively overinflated how many people were watching. And it was rightly so, because it was a phenomenal season. Um, including the last five laps, thank you. Before you say And yeah, now... I, we we're even seeing it on the on this show, to be fair. But every every form of F one media is just nose diving a little bit. Yeah, this oh, yeah. Year, which is a shame. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, and let's be fair. There's only one person to blame for that, and it's Adrian Newey, because he's an absolute <laughs> wizard. Um, yeah. But it does make me wonder whether Formula One's going to have to get radical before 2025. Because I think this is the problem as well, isn't it? Is obviously people moan. That oh well you know the Verstappen dominance this year is no different to Lewis's dominance throughout the Mercedes era and things like that, <laughs> and they're not the same, are they? You know the fact not that quite the same. 14, 15, we well we did a we did a podcast on this a few months ago, didn't we? Ranking every F one season from twenty ten onwards, and I believe yeah. we put twenty fifteen as the worst season since two thousand and ten. I think so, and it kind of of course fourteen through sixteen like we said, with the exception of 15 to a certain degree, was good because you had Hamilton versus Rosberg. There was a championship fight. 17-18, people like to underplay it now, but it was because Ferrari and Seb's meltdowns both years fell off yeah. so incredibly quickly. But for most of the season, you had a really good Until after there. the summer break, both campaigns were mm. still anyone's game. 19 was weird. I was watching a few videos about 19, it's kind of well. The first eight races are so dead, but they weren't though, were they? They weren't. Yeah, Ferrari, Ferrari should have won away. at least two of them. Red Bull could have won one as well at Monaco, and then obviously the second half of the year was mega because well, apart from the fact yeah. Ferrari were yeah, cheating for a few races, yeah, like Red <laughs> that Bull, about, Ferrari, and Mercedes. It's probably the closest those three, all three of those teams have competitively like been once, to yeah, each other definitely. in a long time. 2020 kind of had so many bizarre storylines that went down. It yeah. felt like every week there was something new that was quite crazy to talk about. And then obviously 2021 was absolutely just... You know, that was one of those seasons that a movie will be made of one day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. Best best season since 2012. Easily. I, I'd argue yeah, it's better. probably top five F1 seasons of all time. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. you know, it really was... Well, apart from the end, was actually scripted. It it was one of those seasons that felt like it would have been a bit ridiculous even for a movie, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. that's that's well, the magic sport, and here we are now. We're now we're now back into the early two thousands. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, it's... And the thrill is, if this kind of carries on, I don't know how I've ended up such down a rabbit hole, but if we get another two years of this kind of this kind of level of competitiveness at the front. We're just going to be starting from scratch again. So it's going to be like F1 was before Liberty took over, just because the viewing figures will be that low. But I think it, but yeah. it could even theoretically be even worse than that. Because, of course, what's happened yeah. now is Formula 1's brought a load of new fans in, and then they've gone, oh, this sport isn't boring. 
and then gone, oh, wait, this sport is boring. Next time round, mm. they're going to go, oh, yeah, no, why would I get back into it? This sport still is... I know how bad yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> this sport can still get yeah. boring, which is not great for us to be saying on a Formula One podcast. No, um, no, it's not. But from but casuals' they perspective... Just need to, they just need to nerf Max Verstappen. Well, I don't even think it's Verstappen, though. It's just the whole team structure within Red Bull, isn't it? I think the problem is Red Bull are actually a serious F1 team. Even in Mercedes' dominant eras... While they were running on all cylinders, they still made mess ups. And Red Bull do as well. Basis. To be fair, yeah, well, I think. But like th- reliability was always concerned. Like you could always have the chance of them messing a pit stop up or but uh, I think messing a strategy that comes, up or missing a VSC. That also comes with the nature when you talk about reliability. The fact that we've had these engines now for almost well, it's going to be a so decade, long, yeah. two months. Like they're pretty much yeah, yeah. where they are. You know, obviously, especially now with the whole engine freeze. You know, it's not even like mm. we've got reliability that plays a factor, unless you're Ferrari still. Yeah. So it just if it just is like Red Bull feel just a bit cold as a team, really. Like they're just a bit too clinical. Well, it just feels sterile, doesn't it? Needs some more jeopardy. Yeah. And it, it's kind of you know that combination of yes, it's a ridiculously OP car, but it's a ridiculously OP car set up in such a weird way that only one person in the world can drive it. <laughs> that one person in the yeah. world gets preferential treatment within that team and not for a single second right, right, am I so. saying that Red Bull shouldn't <laughs> be because of course you know I'm sure there's things in his contract as well that stipulate that but it just is like the perfect storm of it will be one of those fantastic things that will be spoke about 15 20 years from now that will always have an asterisk with it I feel like for you it will maybe but I think it will for a lot of people you know in, in a similar way to Schumacher's dominance really? what because he, he tried to cheat a few times exactly I think it will come with those asterisks around the way and I'm sure obviously you know some people will view that with the way obviously Lewis dominated the sport as well I completely understand that but you know it's the, you know, it's that sad as well, isn't it? Of course, that Max has wrapped up the constructors' championship by himself yeah, for two races on his to own. go. Wrapping up the constructors is very unlikely by yourself. It's happened a few times before, yes, but the stat that staggered me the most, Jamie, that I saw from someone after I believe it was the Mexican Grand Prix, is Max Verstappen looks like he's about to become the first driver ever to score more than double the points of anyone else. That's, he's double, he's that's never After happened. Mexico, exactly, yeah. That's never happened before in the sport. Perez's point. That someone has scored more than double the points of P2 in the championship. Yeah, and he is ahead of double at the minute. Yeah, by eight and he probably so still he, will be. As long as, he, as long as Perez doesn't outscore him, basically. Well, Perez has basically got to finish on the podium in the last two races, and therefore he won't. If Perez doesn't finish yeah. on the podium in the last two Grand Prix, then Verstappen will. Yeah. Which is just so, a mind-boggling We should... We should get out of this rabbit hole. We, we, we like to else. go down rabbit holes. Rabbit holes are good. Um, Jamie, I heard you're planning on getting married in Vegas this weekend. Uh, I, no, sadly not. Um, <laughs> sadly, I'm not. I'm not going to Vegas this weekend. Otherwise, maybe. No, definitely not. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't. I haven't really read anything about it. I'm sure it's not a real wedding. It's Vegas, but mate. You can, you can apparently get married in Vegas. It's Vegas, mate. I guarantee you that Thanks. is a real wedding chapel. I reckon George Russell should get him one knee for Carmen. Like, Daniel Ricciardo threw him under the bus in one of the videos this week. I haven't seen that. It was like, obviously, George and Carmen have been going out for years. And I assume that there's chat or whispers as to why he's not proposed yet. 
and Daniel Ricardo to F1 Media and uh, in one of those true or false things was like, I heard George Russell was going to get engaged this weekend. Deary me. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. Deary me. I mean, it is. We're really going to go. Be Russell's first win of the season. Yeah, yeah I'm saying we're really going to go down a appalling rabbit hole by our podcast standards. Oh, no. But it is always quite weird now, isn't it? How few Formula One drivers are married or have kids nowadays. Well, Alonso basically said that he, he probably he would have. That, yeah, he would have if he wasn't a Formula exactly. One driver. You know, it is kind of mad when you think, "Was well, he three drivers?" And it, it's Just kind of like that whole thing. Two house boys. Yeah, he takes over your entire. Well, yeah, no, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. Sorry, yeah. Two house boys and. I mean, Verstappen... Perez is married. Perez, no, got... Perez has got kids. Perez, yeah, is the third. Perez, Verstappen's okay. got someone else's kid um, as well. Yeah, took Kvyat's seat and his kid yeah, and his Yeah, everything wife. he's ever so. had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is kind of mad, isn't it, nowadays? Because, of course, back, back in day, obviously, it was a lot more common. But, of course, yeah, now it's Yeah, because you just... could just turn up at the weekend, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it completely drive. is overtaken. You know, it is all of your life now, more than ever before. Yeah, isn't it? But maybe there's an extra extra couple who's married coming this weekend. Keep an eye on George Russell. There you go. Apparently, it's definitely George Russell according to Jamie. He, he <laughs> keeps up on all the wags' interest on the podcast. We all. Um, Ferrari and McLaren, Jamie, have both brought new liveries for this weekend. Yeah, and they're slightly creative. I like I the guess. Ferrari. Ferrari. Ferrari just gone white, which I I quite like. Of course, you do. Great. Sorry, no, that's yeah. Wow, <laughs> outrageous on air. That's outrageous. <laughs> and McLaren have gone for like night mode, so that's pretty cool as well. Is it, but it's basically uh, the stealth livery again, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite similar. So I quite I like both of them. I think Ferrari is probably my preferred. Yeah, I like the Ferrari um, livery. It's a if, proper classic know, throwback. Sorry. If Charles Leclerc wins, then it looks like a Monaco flag as well, so perfect. <laughs> or the Polish flag, or the Indonesian flag, for that it matter. Does. Rio Harianto. Rio Harianto, yeah, we need him back. That would make this weekend exciting, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just... Again, it, it feels weird to be getting hyped for Vegas, because it feels like we're getting hyped for all the wrong reasons, isn't it? Um, but maybe, just maybe, this weekend could be not only Lando Norris's time to sign Jamie... But Haas have got an opportunity really? here. Have they? Tire warm-up. Mm, Haas cook maybe. their tyres. They do cook their tyres. They're going to struggle this out. weekend to cook their tyres. They might have a real opportunity here. In the same way Ferrari might have a real opportunity here. Because, of course, we know Ferrari as well are historically very aggressive. on. That's why they've been able to do good qualifying laps this year. Very yeah. aggressive on their tyre warm-up. Yeah, yeah. Is there an opportunity so can... for Haas to get a big result? Because they are now last in the constructors, aren't they? They are. They're four points off Alfa Romeo and nine points off Alfa Tauri. So, Hulkenberg podium, they're right there. I'll behave. <laughs> if Hulkenberg gets a podium this weekend, I will do a shoey. I'll get married in Vegas. I won't get married in Vegas, but I will do a shoey. <laughs> there we go. You heard it here first. And last, because he won't. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, I'm looking at that constructors battle again because it's kind of been the big thing we talk about, isn't it? Throughout the yeah. last few. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, there's still a couple of other fights to go on. Mercedes Ferrari still only 20 points between them. Uh, Aston Martin and McLaren 21 points between them, but that one kind of feels like a done deal now for McLaren. Yeah. Staggering, isn't it? Aston Martin are going to make this big leap forward from tied sixth to fifth. <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair, they've got a lot more points. Yeah, but and that's the pointless. Many, I don't give you any more money, does it? Well, it's good. It's good progression. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Mercedes are the ones I would be worried about because the way they're going at the minute, what's going on there? Yeah, they've had a couple of poor races recently, but I feel like they've kind of been able to because Ferrari have also had a couple of poor races. Mm. Gives them yeah. gives them a bit of a chance, doesn't it? Still, they're another Singapore, and then Ferrari are in business. Yeah, but they won't get another Singapore, will they? It's Ferrari. Well, that's a night race. Yeah, Who knows? That's all it takes. Yeah, apparently, yeah, because they won all the other night races this year, like Bahrain, uh, <laughs> Jeddah. Them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? We had this a couple of years ago, didn't we? Where it was like four, like six races in a row were night races between the end of yeah. 21 and the start of yeah, 22. Yeah. So ridiculous. Um, Alpha Tauri, <laughs> Jamie. Old man. We do. We do. <laughs> Alpha Tauri, Jamie, have finally confirmed, although we kind of already suspected it. Um, that they have been taking more Red Bull parts since the Singapore Grand Prix. Most notably, the rear suspension setup and are going to be working closer with Red Bull for 2024. Now, we say we know wheel. We called mm-hmm. this a long we time did. ago, didn't we? Because it's all about them trying to sell up shop. <laughs> Not the hardest thing in the world to call, to be honest. No, but we'll still take it. Before. But we will take it because, yeah, they are going to sell to Hugo Boss or whatever. Or well, Nike or Adidas, was, yeah. I can't Adidas, that was it. Um, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense to try and boost your stock by bringing Ricardo in and making the car good for the last five races. And <laughs> yeah, if they end up finishing seventh, suddenly their team's probably quadrupled in value compared to if they finished tenth. Well, it's a lot more prize so, money, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does kind of beg the question. I know we've said this before, haven't we? But and I. You know, again, we're not going to become those people that claim on, you know, you see all those people on Twitter going, oh, Red Bull use Alpha Tower's testing time to develop their own car. They get twice the time of anyone else, all this, that, and the other. I'm not claiming that for a second. But it does kind of feel like, on paper at least, why didn't they do this a lot sooner? Because let's be fair, you look at the championship, they could have probably been in the fight with Alpine this year, couldn't they? Mm, I'm not sure about that. Had they been doing they it from been... the start of the year, they absolutely could have been there. They probably, sc- I'd say, they've scored more points than Alpine since Singapore. I doubt it. Gasly's been doing work. Has he though? Has he, Jamie? Uh, maybe not I'm, as I'm many, but they'll have been close. This. I mean, they'd be comfortably, comfortably seven. Oh yeah, they'd be a long way clear. Yeah, they'd be on like at least sixty odd points, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but. And, but I don't forget they were hamstrung by Nick DeVries for the first half of the season as well. Yeah, but give so, him a decent car, he might have done all right. Mm. Probably not. Though. I think he did He did have a decent car. Snowden was finishing 10th, 11th every week. Yeah. Uh, again, it goes so, back to what we said at the start of the year, though, doesn't it? Alpha Tauri have not been this miles off the back of the field like everyone claimed. We didn't claim it, though, Jamie. We know wheel. We do, we do. Uh, they have scored 16 points in Singapore. Yep. Alpine have got points in every race. Have they? A sixth, ninth, seventh, sixth, tenth, seventh. Oh, fair play. It's not, it's not many more work. points, no to be been, fair. No one's been noticing. Yeah, mm, fair enough. Yeah, because so, yeah, Aston Martin have fallen off, haven't they? Often they've been able yeah. to snooker away points there. Gasly's yeah. had a couple of sixth places and a seventh. Fair play, Pierre baller. Gasly. Big baller. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but I'd be very nervous if I was Williams now. Because seventh place this year looked pretty dead set just a few weeks ago. And now seven yeah, points sure. over two weekends? I'd be nervous. Then again, this track is kind of built for Williams because it's just one big straight line. 
Or two big yeah, straight lines. Yeah, well, Alex Albon could easily just be fifth or something like that in the race. So we'll have to wait and see. But Williams, they probably are nervous. Like, because the way, the way Daniel Ricciardo, especially, and Sonoda, to be fair, are driving at the minute, they're coming for that seventh place, aren't they? So, well, if Sonoda had the bottle that in Mexico when he clashed with Piastri, they'd probably be, yeah. what, three points behind them? Five points behind them? Something like that, yeah. yeah. There's a real opportunity still. They are. It, it, is, at least is. it would give us something worth talking about because it's highly unlikely that <laughs> the battle for seventh. Well, the, no, the battle for second, the battle for fourth, and the battle for yeah. seventh. We could still go into Abu Dhabi where eight of the ten teams can take positions, albeit the battle yeah, for seventh would be a lot, a lot of, of extreme. Money. Exactly, there's still a lot of money to play for in the background still. Um, Definitely. But you know that's that's all, of course, a topic for after Vegas when we just have a eight day turnaround between Vegas and Abu Dhabi. How that's a double header, I will still never quite understand. <laughs> but yeah. a six a.m. start though for race day Sunday, Jamie. We're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to we it. We can both watch it live. We're going to go live here on the Known Wheel Channel, and we're not really. I would we're love not, to do not. that one day. To be fair, we should. We, Once they relax their rules on broadcasting. Well, F1, even if we should. just did it with live timing, <laughs> so people can tune in and listen to our reactions instead or something like that. It would be fun yeah, in the future. It would just be a nightmare to try and sync ourselves up with the race, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd do all right. You'd do all right, I think. Um, we shall hopefully see. Uh, I've got a quiz. You've got a quiz? Which is nothing to do... Actually, I'm going to... Go on, try and wrangle this round. Yeah, try and wrangle so, this So, as we know, they have tried to make Las Vegas into the biggest show possible. Yeah. It's all about the entertainment. Yeah. So that got me thinking, which F1 drivers appeared on a show? Where? Okay. Particularly, which Formula 1 drivers have appeared on a certain British Is it TV Gear? show? It is That's really Gear. weird, because so... I watched the Lewis Hamilton interview just before we did this. So, this is... Listen carefully to the, to the question. Okay. So, I'm having a this teacher. This is a quiz about the Formula 1 drivers' leaderboard. Yep. On Top Gear. Yep. In the Chevy, no, Lassetti, was it? yeah, the Lassetti? it was the Lassetti. No, was it Lassetti? Yeah, yeah. there are no, ten was, the, names. was it the Lassetti or was it the Liana? It was the Liana, Suzuki, it was Liana, Suzuki wasn't it? Liana back in the day. Um, there are 10 names on the list of lap times on the, the, the Formula, the Formula One, One board. Starboard. You have a minute starting now Lewis Hamilton, Jensen Button, Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel, Mark Webber. Schumacher never did, I don't believe. No, he didn't. Um, Nigel Mansell definitely did. Yeah. Damon Hill, I believe, did really yep. early on. David Coulthard. No. Rubens Barrichello. Yeah. Definitely did. Um, There's two more. Yep. I'm trying to think. Other drivers that did. You've got thirty seconds. Long time. I said Jensen. I've said Lewis. You did say Jensen. Yep. Don't forget what. what did I, how did I word the question? Oh, the Stig. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and one more. One more. Ten seconds. The fastest driver ever. I thought that was Lewis. Wasn't it? You got beaten. Did he? And your time is up. Oh, oh dear. give me their nationality, or will that give oh, it away? Make it so easy. You got it was very late. The appear, I think it was in 2014. They they posed the question. You already you get it from this. They posed the question 
Sorry, they opened up the floor. They were like, any audience member. Oh, Danny Rick won it, yeah. I completely forgot he went on there. (laughs) What's the back of Lewis's Yeah, (laughs) I do remember that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't believe I blanked on that. Daniel Ricciardo. Well, you did all right. I'm I'm impressed you got the stick. Well, only because you gave me the hint about, obviously, the wording of the question. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen the Damon Hill interview? I have like the studio. Actually, I have. I have. So, yeah. Like, I think bad I have. in the early seasons. We we can't do a podcast now. Just dedicate. To we top could gear. talk for six, seven hours easily. We could easily gear. do a top gear. Probably podcast. six, seven days. To yeah, be we'll do a top gear podcast. Knowing over the winter. Knowing gear. Actually, that sounds like a drunk dealer show. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> we could just review like the African special or something like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh oh, predictions, Jamie, for Vegas. The points yes. are tight, aren't they? I believe they are two races to go. This is the championship I am two battle. Two points clear. This is the championship wow. battle. That's very difficult. I mean, there's a tweet on the line. Although I, I barely ever tweet, so quite It'd obvious. It'd be quite obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can go first. Thank you, because I'm behind still. Oh, there's only eight points available this and next weekend, and like we said, we feel Vegas is going to get scripted. <laughs> I want to match you. I do just make sure you can't. Really <laughs> I say you're not allowed to predict anyone where I predict them. Make it really interesting. I, I, I disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be really stupid. I'm going to throw this away with two weekends to go. Charles Leclerc pole. Okay. Max Verstappen win. Lando Norris P2. Sergio Perro's P3. Really dull. Charles to get another pole non-win. We love Non-podium, that. yeah. Um, I will go Max Verstappen on pole. Okay. If we're going by that, I can't predict the people where you Oh, play. here we go, yeah. You said Verstappen is not going to win this weekend a couple of weeks ago with I confidence. Did. So you I better did. back that claim up now. I'm going to go Lando Norris to win the race well Jamie he did <laughs> in my very first my team season he did win his first race in Las Vegas there you go it's a prophecy so Lando Norris to get his first ever race win in Vegas and then absolutely party all night afterwards get married yes <laughs> to George Russell I will go <laughs> maybe maybe it's all come full circle uh, what did you say Verstappen Norris Perez Perez I'll go Norris Verstappen second. I don't know how that would happen, but I'm not going to think about that. Um, Norris Verstappen and Carlos Sainz. Interesting. He loves a P3. He does love a cheeky P3, doesn't he? Um, Of course, that has got to be about the fifth time this season that Jamie has predicted Lando Norris to win. Um, only second I think no you've done it more than twice you've done it more than twice you've definitely done it more than twice you've done it for at least three sprints it was was only like two weeks ago for a GP no Um, a GP or a sprint GP or a sprint it will happen eventually have we got anything else to add though Jamie I'm looking forward to what's on the, the sphere, to be honest. I reckon it would just be a big mark. Formula 1 logo and it would be really disappointing. That's so dead. They should just put, like... The race. Put, they no, put, what yeah, they should the... do with the sphere is put a better race on. <laughs> Show us, like, Canada 2011 yeah, exactly. on the sphere. Yeah. 
We want, we want to watch Jensen Button come out doing the fingers like Seb used to do. I watched that a few weeks ago. So oh, funny. So satisfying. So funny. JB's such The a best legend. thing was, I don't know if you remember this, there was a BBC like piece before the race talking to Jensen. And he was like, the only thing that annoys me about Seb winning is the fact that he does his, does the finger his like, number one finger yeah, yeah. sideways. He does it super crooked. Yeah, yeah. And then Jensen comes out and does it like straight up in front of him. <laughs> so good. We, well, I would love to have Jensen on the show one day. Oh, I think guy? if we had Jensen on the show, I wouldn't be hosting. It would be my girlfriend, though. She loves Jensen Button more than she loves you. Yeah, oh, easily. I'm not even in the same oh, conversation as Jensen that's Button. That's rough. <laughs> oh, I, I can accept that as well, to be fair. Um, you're not a world champion, to be fair. No, exactly. exactly. We love Jensen. Jensen, if you're listening, I'm sure you tune in every week. Come on the show. Send me. Send us a line to. on Twitter, mate. Drop us a follow. Uh, we'll, we'll get you on. We might be able to squeeze you in at some point. But, Jamie, we've only got about eight more shows to go on the main on my main channel. I must admit, yes. I, I so I've scheduled out all the last podcasts a few days ago, and it was quite a sad little moment because th- we've done almost 150 episodes of this. It is by far and away the longest series I've ever done on YouTube. And even though it's not going, I still feel a little bit sad about it. Well, that makes one of us. Oh, fair enough. So. Okay, I see how it is. I remember you even uploaded no, yeah, the first a... episode on your channel. I did. It lasted one episode on my it channel. Did. No, maybe two. I think it was two it episodes two. on my channel. Either way. It's going to be um, weird, isn't it, saying yeah. goodbye? It will be a sad moment on the main saying channel. au revoir to all of Matt's followers on, on YouTube and just having my own our own followers in our, our own, own little, little place. space it'll be, it'll be wonderful but of course if you're watching this on my main channel links down in the description below we're getting very very close to 300 subs on the Knowing Wheel channel so it would be greatly greatly appreciated but Jamie as always it has been an absolute pleasure uh, and we will be back next week to discuss how Vegas turned it around and was the greatest race of a generation Jensen Button comes back and wins it 